It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. It is episode number 149. It was very close to 150, uh, which is almost kind of close to 200. So, you know, halfway to 200, almost to 200, something that. But what's more exciting about that is that uh, the crew is the older crew, uh, not uh, Slap Bet's crew. That's been disbanded. But uh, Mr. Brandley Gouton finally making an appearance back again. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm really excited. I'm, I can't wait to have the 87th Sam Bradford debate. Yeah, we on go. This yes, it's it's definitely coming up. Thanks to Mike Garofalo, we really appreciate uh, the, his new report. Of course, a man's voice that we haven't heard probably over in a month and a half, and uh, we'll get into the reasons why. It's a very serious reason. Uh, it is Mr. Matt Daring. What's going on, man? How are you? It's actually it's the 86th Sam Bradford debate oh. since the first debate is technically the inaugural debate, uh-huh. and then the second debate is the first debate. So there so, we go. Now, now that's that we how have, that's, that's how it, that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> well, we're going to be getting to that. Uh, obviously, we'll touch uh, a little bit on the combine myself and Ben Natan, and get this: the newest Eagles beat writer in the uh, in Pennsylvania, Teron Davenport, will be joining us on Thursday afternoon. And we'll try and roll that out and get it uh, get it done Friday morning. We'll get more in depth in the combine. Talk about our favorite wide receivers. Are probably going to do a little bit of that uh, right now too. But it's uh, it's good to have uh, Teron on board. He's a really smart guy. Played the position of wide receiver, so that kind of helps. And down at the Senior Bowl, all around uh, Eagles Wire. Very cool. Go check him out if you haven't already. Let's uh, I, yeah, let's just get into it here, BLG. Let's have the Bradford debate. Is Mike Garofalo? That uh, has a report that's definitely not from Howie Roseman and is saying that the Eagles have upped their offer now um, to, you know, whatever the, I guess the the low high end the, uh, of whatever he was kind of asking for here. Uh, but should people maybe be thinking, hey, now this is uh, this is kind of a possibility that Bradford's going to lend back to Philadelphia. <laughs> All right. Let's just start by saying that this is definitely from the Eagles. I mean, you look at this report and. 
<laughs> no, no offense to Mike, who is a great guy. I just think, you know, it, it's just funny. Like he literally wrote a piece about Harry Roseman just like a couple of days ago. So I, I don't think this could be any more obvious where this is coming from. I think the Eagles consistent message this whole offseason we've heard from Doug Peterson, heard from Harry Roseman just as, as recent as last week during the combine that, you know, they, they are clearly interested in having Sam Bradford back. But there's always been a but. And I don't know whose butt it's been, but it's it's been a butt. And uh, the butt is always, you know, if Sam Bradford wants to be back, basically, if they're basically keep saying, you know, it takes two to make it work. And you now we've seen it reported multiple times. I think Peter King was first. Jimmy Kemsky kind of mentioned something about it. I saw Tim McManus, Birds 24-7, also mentioned something about that. You know, Sam Bradford isn't really crazy about returning to Philadelphia so if that's the case, you know, I think the Eagles are kind of just trying to make this look like they are interested. And I believe they're genuinely interested, but I, I obviously they're not interested enough to place the franchise tag in him. And they're not interested enough to, I think, overpay for him. So I think this is a kind of report that kind of softens the blow if he doesn't. come. Yeah. Out. And I wonder what, uh, and obviously it's a new, that new GM regime that's in charge reportedly before last season, it was $18 million that was on the table. People kind of looked at that and went, huh, I guess that's kind of weird that, he didn't want that. Matt, do you think it's anything close to that now, now that's uh, how he's in charge here? Yeah, I mean, probably. They're talking about, I liked that they were talking about, oh, it's the low end of the high end of the market. Like, I don't know. I guess it, I guess that sort of makes sense because, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess Sam Bradford's sort of the BMW 3 Series of quarterbacks, right? So I guess that I guess that makes sense at least a little bit. No, maybe not. Yeah, I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. Um, sure. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think you have to keep him. Like, I don't really understand, what, like, what, what would be the point of, I mean, well, what would be the point of any of this at all? Wow, I gotta go. No, uh, but uh, what would be the point of what would be the point of of any of this of of having all of you know these these things out there if they if the end they weren't going to keep him? I mean, it does read like they're they're playing hardball a little bit, and his agent is Tom Condon, who's one of the you know the the heavy hitters, I guess, as it were, among these guys. It feels like we say that about a lot of guys, which I but I guess we don't because there's hundreds of these uh, agents and. There's only one Tom Condon, but I, I, I think that, I think that, yeah, you got to keep him and, and I bet it will come in at around 18 million, you know, and I bet everyone will get mad about that and then they'll get happy about it and then they'll sort of settle happy. somewhere in the middle. I think they'll be happy. I, I, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't really see what they stand to gain by like, by cheaping out or skimping out on this. Like, like it just doesn't really seem like that's the sort of thing that they would do. I mean, when's the last time anybody like Sam Bradford hit the market? And I, you know, and I recognize that he's a unique player for all the reasons that we've covered in our last 84 debates. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I think that, I think that, you know, when's the last time anybody like him really hit the market? I mean, Joe Flacco sort of hit the market, but not really, uh, you know, can, can you remember the last time a guy like in his twenties, with a little bit of upside, you know, little dinged up, you know, very dinged up, however you feel about it, you know, that kind of talent, number one pedigree, kind of sort of existing out here. In, in Drew a, Brees minus the awesome, really. I mean, yeah, but Drew Brees was even had like a serious injury that had ended his previous season. You know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, yeah, like that broken coming back, like, no, the, the situation's complete. You, completely yeah, unique and, so it's and so it, I just, right and so i don't really think that the eagles are going to be the ones who like 
precipitate that whole thing. It just doesn't really seem like the sort of thing that they do. Like this seems like the sort of thing where, you know, this seems like a screw up that like a much worse organization would kind of make where they'd be like, all right, well, I don't know. Like, well, I have no idea what he's worth. So let's just like go and like let, let somebody else figure it out. It seems to me like they'll probably end up giving him what he wants. I, I'm, I'm just sort of annoyed by how everybody's been very, very into this idea that like, all right, you have a very specific parameters of what you give to Sam Bradford. And if not, like, give me Chase Daniel. Like, no, like that is that is not right. And, and I've even Yo, I'm not joking. Talk- I literally just spit out my coffee when you said that. <laughs> like, no. And right. And I sorry. Sorry. Um, but, but like, really, though, I, I just don't see like people are talking about like, well, if you can get a, a quarterback who's a third as good as Bradford for a quarter of the price, that's an that's an eight percent gain. Like, no, like, shut up. That's not that's not how that's not how any of this works. Like, all you've really done is like gotten worse at a specific position you know in the name of some cost. who knows yeah like you get well the, or in the name of like 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 there's no world in which you could tell me that chase daniel is is like a better player so all you've really done is saved money and then what are you going to use that money on like one of the other blue chip players or like nearly blue chip players or you know what are you going to do like we have plenty of money we have money for fletcher cox you know, we could go out and get a free agent that we'll be sick of in three weeks. Like, I, you know, what what are you going to do with this kind of money? Like, this is not the sort of thing that the Eagles do. The Eagles don't just like they're not in the business of letting guys like this walk away. Well, here's here's I'll bring it back to you, BLG, because I know you, well, you obviously have opposite opinions on this thing. And Les Bowen pointed this out, too. And by the way, why don't you say Jimmy Kemsky Philly voice? Everybody else gets the blog mention. Jimmy's just uh, scrap letter. <laughs> uh, and, and that's right. I mean, that's right. We all, there was this fake panic about the Eagles cap room. Uh, then it goes up $12 million. Suddenly they have like 28 million bucks to spare, which I think is ninth best in the league. Uh, unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, which are building a hell of a team down there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, and, and it, let's just say it goes up $12 million every year. What are we talking about? You know, who cares? Who cares if it's 18, 19 million? Like, what are you really saving there in cap carryover? What are you saving there from from all that? And it also looks like that just to uh, my point about Les Bowen was, as you just said, you know, when they're when they're publicly doing this, usually means they're probably just, it's, it's, it's to say, hey, we tried and it didn't work out. Uh, but I, I know we were kind of talking off air. Do you think that there's actually... Has the market shrunk? Was our favorite friend Benjamin Albin Albright right about that not being a lot of interest there? Maybe, but is that, does that make you feel great? I mean, do you do you really want to? Are you really excited about resigning the quarterback that no one wants to play for the head coach that no one wants that was picked by the general manager who got fired last year? I mean, I don't know. You know I kind of want to have the shiniest car in my driveway because that yeah. car it's always the shiniest, and yeah. people, my neighbors, are always like, "Hey." Check it All out. Right. Look at look at Matt's car. It's real, <laughs> yeah. real shiny. And then when my yeah. car needs to get serviced every three thousand miles, I'm kind of like, oh crap. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that can't work. I'm just saying, but how, honestly, how do you look at that and you feel great? I just, I can't. If you can, good for you. More power to you. I'm just I'm looking at that, and to me, that doesn't look like a recipe for success. I just don't think. It makes sense to overpay for this guy. I think we talk all the time about this seven-game stretch thing. I think, you know what's the funny thing about all this is that, like, immediately after the season is over, and you can even look, I wrote this on the site, uh, that, you know, I was like, I'm pretty down, I think I'm pretty on the fence when it comes to Sam Bradford. I think there's pretty good arguments for and against. But I think, like, some of the romanticizing of this seven-game stretch, it's like 27-2 and all over again. It's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. There's no context. There's no... 
like mention of how you know, I, don't, these numbers I don't think there's came. context on either side, honestly. And, uh, I, and I'm right. I, all I, right. I, I think you're right about. I, I I agree with you. And I'm sick of hearing about it. I mean, sick of hearing about. But the seven game stretch is really good. Actually, it wasn't that good, and here's why. Actually, it was, and here's why. Da, da, da. It's the same. Well, it wasn't. This is this objectively. Is why, it was this is not why that Dave, great. Uh, well, this is why Dave Mangles is a genius. Is because we're still trying to figure out: is Sam Bradford our mother-in-law, or is Sam Bradford our wife? <laughs> and it's the same argument from last year. It is. I mean, they're just like, well, actually, well, actually, well, actually, back and forth. It doesn't matter. This is the same thing that happened in St. Louis, though, and this is part of like the madness that's going on. Why I tweeted out Sam. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome Bradford earlier this this like the fact that we even have these debates like isn't that a sign that like this probably might not be like the guy to win you a championship like the guy who probably, has never won eight isn't. games he probably who has isn't. never won a playoff game he probably who's, isn't but has never been like even like top half of the league of some of the most important categories like like is it really like like why do we keep saying like there's potential here like I'm not the biggest Sam Bradford hater, but I just think some of the people who advocate resigning him, it's just like ridiculous to me. I'm like, look, I can take a short term deal. If that's what happens here, the market is weak, whatever. I think that's what's short term though. That's what I'm saying. Like what is, is it it's four years? Something you can get out of No, no, no. It has well, I don't care about years. It's all you know, Matt says it all the time, you know, the paper NFL. Whenever contract. it really ends, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you can't commit to him for more than two years. I just don't think you can do that. I just don't. I don't think that's worth it. I don't like what has he shown that that's worth it. And it doesn't matter if your other options suck. You can't be like, well, this is our best option, so we have to tie tie our, our wagon. Wait, why does why doesn't it matter that the other options suck? Because you can't you don't just tie your wagon to someone you don't believe in just because that's the best one. There that's could what be everyone's doing. I mean, that's the that's the, that's the way to go. Would you look at like Tannehill or? Uh, and gee, those, I don't know. And those are failures. Why are you saying? Why are you bringing that up as a model for success, though? That's because, like what you well, should okay, do. Great. Yeah, we should get Aaron Rodgers. Great. Good. Let's. Our that's team on three. Said. Aaron Rodgers right. on three. Right. Now you're just. <laughs> but no. But I, it, I understand Matt's point, though, because if you're not doing that, then you're just hitching your wagon to who's ever there at thirteen. You're not hitching your wagon to anything. That's right. the great thing. You don't have to hitch your wagon. You can be patient and save those resources and wait until the right opportunity comes along. Bring in a rookie. I'm not saying you have to draft one first round. I'm saying you bring in a guy, you develop someone, you buy time. I don't think you just but jump. That's a, just so what's jump. buying time? That's what I'm saying, though. What, what are you buying time with? You have to have By a getting quarterback. a rookie and developing, God, developing. This, whole com- this whole conversation has just really made me, really hammered home how we're all wasting our lives. Yeah, basically. We're <laughs> just, like, just like, all right, look, like, okay, all we do is so we, we won't be good next year. Well, if we sign Bradford, we might not be good in this one way. If we draft a rookie, we might not be good in this one way. But, like, either way, we're not going to be any good. And it's like, all right, well, let's fast forward a couple of years and hope for the best. All right, well, well let's let's pivot because, you know, that, I mean, basically. And if that's the case, well, wait, well, if that's the case, then why are you investing big resources into a guy now? If that's resources? how you really feel. What is big resources when the if you're committing a lot of guaranteed money? Yeah, but you could still save that money and then roll it over for if you if you're for yeah, for more players down the line, so for you have depth. more money. You're talking about depth again. Like, there's no starter that costs that much. You can sign Fletcher Cox and you can sign Sam Bradford, and then you, you don't, don't have, have to, to deal with any money. Right. Guy right, spend money. Here, I'll leave you with this: Would you rather have Sam Bradford or Chase Daniel and a guard? <laughs> Chase Daniel and a guard. And a guard. But like, why is why is this a binary thing? Like, I don't. I'm just get. asking you. But, all right, so say say you have two doors. One, Sam Bradford. He's there. And he's like making a Sam Bradford face. on what kind of contract? Like, what well, are we so talking? it's a it's a Chase Daniel plus guard sized contract. 
So behind one door, you got Sam Bradford, and he's looking at you with a stink eye. And the other door, you got you got Sam Bradford, or you got Chase Daniel, and you got Guardy McBeef. I mean, none of these are the solution. No, none of them are. Why are you <laughs> yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay, <laughs> BGN Radio. None of these are the solution. Yeah, Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Good night, everybody. Uh, no, I, you know, and you know what though, Brandon, I kind of, I mean, I agree, but like, I also think that like, all right, look, Bradford has at least got oh, like a mountain of physical ability. And, and I don't think anybody will take that away from him. And yeah, he hasn't always performed, but like, at least he's got a mountain of physical ability and that's something to build on. And I have no it. idea if that matters. I, I literally don't. It matters to me, I guess. But I think that like, for my part, that to me is the most important thing about him is that he can sling it. So wait, I sound like Obama. He can't. So <laughs> so when you when you when you talk about like this sort of thing, like like him being able to sling it is probably the reason why I'm keeping him. Because if you bring in another guy who can't really sling it at a, at a fraction of the price, then you're just giving up. You're just saying like let's like let's just see like maybe this guy who can't sling it maybe he'll figure out how to sling it maybe it won't matter like I don't know and that might all be true but at least to me in my mind the fact that Sam Bradford has a mountain of physical ability is reason enough to keep him and see what happens. Yeah, and I, here's BLG. Here's what I ask you: Is he just as good or even marginally better than Alex Smith in your well, mind? I don't know. But like, why? I'm. At, I'm it's important. But like, to my why next is point. That, Why is Alex Smith the goal? Like, I don't. It is not. The I, goal. I don't know. It's not. I think he's probably worse than Alex Smith. Uh, okay. Probably. Well, then, then I guess I. I don't have an next point because I'd, <laughs> I. I. I think he is. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I think he's at worst marginally better, and I will take a better quarterback than Alex Smith, at eighteen million dollars or nineteen million dollars until you figure out who's better than him. So. I mean, like, I, you know, this is the kind of thing that we kind of circle around about. We always talk about optionality. We talk about everything. It's just like, let's go let's go see if a third-round guy is going to uh, do that with whoever a non-Bradford free agent quarterback is out there. And that's that's the I, – I just don't buy it. At least it buys you two drafts to kind of figure out if anybody's there or maybe something happens in free agency or maybe there's a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime trade that's there. I don't think that's – it doesn't, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. I still don't understand the hitcher wagon ability. No, none of it is. None of it is. The ideal situation to pass this, pass the Eagles by in the last two years. So, and then they didn't pull the trigger on it. And the other thing that's kind of troubling them now, which I thought was funny as we pivot out of this thing, because I know it's, you know, it's Bradford and it's going to be continued. I know people get sick of talking about this thing, but there's always new reports that are, are going to come out here. I mean, this well, is heating it. up now, especially. Yeah. I mean, free agency, we're on the precipice of that. As soon as, like, the someone seventh. Will, someone will blink. Yeah, somebody well, some, will. They will. The franchise tagline is on Tuesday. And then as soon as the seventh, Con- Tom Condon can start talking to other teams. So that's two days before even free agency starts. Yeah, I think the – and honestly, I think the Eagles are in a worse position no matter what anybody's trying to like put out there. It's like, yeah, maybe they make the right business decision if he's really asking for, you know, $25 million, which is another total bullshit number. Uh, and I think that's more or less why it's, it's like, you know, $25 million because to BLG's point, that's probably why he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. Anyways, like if I'm going to stay here, you're going to pay me an exorbitant amount of money and everybody's going to laugh at you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, <laughs> That's it is what it is like you just have to it is going to be that give and take of like, oh, they've come back with this. And all. really, I just want to see if that market is there, because once the tagging stops, you're going to hear. I think that's when you're going to hit filter and hear more teams that will finally pop up and people will start reporting. Yeah, there's there's kind of interest there. And you'll probably hear some after this weekend as well. 
uh, who, who, who nobody, yeah, I, which is going to be the obvious choice forever. And how about that? Hey, Trent Balky lied. Uh, so they, and, uh, pivoting from that is because nobody wants Murray. And I think the Eagles would definitely take anything, uh, anything for Murray. So, well, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> uh, which, which now, and this is what I was kind of, that's why I thought the, the combine was kind of a little important to see some of these running backs come along here. And, uh, yeah, Maddie, I mean, officially time to go from not a need or sneaky need to running back is a need for the Eagles this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could watch last year and be like, and, and okay, <laughs> but I don't know how you could watch like what happened last year. The, the, everything is happening with the offense, just completely imploding, notwithstanding. Like, I don't know how you could watch it last year and be like, yeah, like no question. These are our guys. These are the guys to ride into the future. Like did, did anybody like ever play well last year? You know, any of the, any of the, like, I guess really just Murray. No, did, did Murray have <laughs> any good games? Like yeah, really, did, the Jets, like the Giants, oh, no, the first Giants the game, Giants game, first, first Giants game. Okay, and maybe Great. the second one for a play, right? He well, yeah, the scoring. Yeah, yeah. He like busted <laughs> off the against like, like a, a sixty-five or fifty-five yard run, and then he like the followed it up with defense. Yeah, with history, and with yeah. yeah, with fifteen more yards the rest of the time. Look, I I would think it would be very interesting. It would be very nice if we could like get back to playing well on offense and i think that you know a, a good way to do that would probably be to, to take one of these bell cow types i don't know if that's elliot or i don't know if you're talking about like a kenneth dixon or something but i think it's absolutely absurd to say like no we the offense does not need any work like what the hell like the offense was awful <laughs> last year every time they were on the field i was like please get them off the field you know like please relieve them of this ball and in, then they in, obliged in some way. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah right. they they would oblige in, in record time. So I I just like I just think that if you're talking about something that could potentially like really change the offense, like I'm not talking about slightly better interior protection on the left side. I think we're talking <laughs> about like a guy who can carry the ball forward. Yeah, and that's why at BLG, I know you posted that article, and there was a I, who did the mock draft again for uh, Ezekiel Elliott at 13? It was me. I just I oh, went you through did. a fan speak. Uh, just a simulation just for fun because I was like, oh, let's let me do something different because I, I knew no one else would have the Eagles taking uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who I like a lot. And I'm not the biggest draft guy, but I like to think the people who I actually do like who have actually <laughs> stood out to me in some way. So as Matt would like to say, you know, I, I watched this guy in college. So uh, <laughs> I love him at the Ohio college State. you went to. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, just that guy is a badass, man. I love watching that guy run. And, you know, I, everyone got in such a, so mad online because, oh, the Eagles can't take a running back at 13. They have too many other needs or blah, 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 blah. I mean, look what the, Todd Gurley did with the Rams last year. I mean, not that the Rams are great. I mean, but I mean, look at his success. I think if there's truly a special player there and I know running backs don't have the longest uh, shelf life. So that's not like the most ideal thing. But I mean, if he's an impact player, like just like, like falling off what Matt said, I mean, just get him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm warming up to it. I know before I really wasn't, but now it's. See, this is the thing: is I got yelled at last year because I suggested, you know, even though that they have, even though they have Murray and Sproles and Matthews, I said I think it would be still a really good idea for them to take a running back because it's so stacked with them. And you know, oh, you're crazy. Now, I mean, but they're all going to be gone next year. I I would think they're all going to be gone. So. Yeah, to me, it's it's one hundred percent a need, and 
the good thing about Ezekiel Elliott is he's 20. So I, I'm I'm fine with that because you can get that. I, if you take him there, it's the it's one of the only, I can't believe I'm going to say this, it's going to be one of the times that I would agree with, yeah, you could probably trade back and, and get him if you can get a second-round pick back. I'd be okay with that. I, I would definitely be okay with it. I think you do leave some of those more potential superstars on the board there especially on the defensive side as we see now and we've you know after the combine came out it was geez I couldn't I couldn't believe the amount of slow <laughs> wide receivers that are coming through there that's something we'll get into Thursday uh, and a little bit here but I, I I am I'm kind of feeling that way now too I mean if it depends on kind of the interior defensive linemen that would still hang around there some of the edge rushers that would still hang around there but I'm I'm definitely warming up to it because that's what you more or less that's what you need right now. You need a look. You you need the depth at linebacker. You need the depth uh, on uh, defensive end. It'd be nice to get one of those guys, the defensive tackles that I was just saying in there. But Matt's right. This this offense needs to score points. Like it's it, unless they suddenly become the Denver Broncos on defense, which probably is not going to happen. And that's an outlier. So. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to score points here. So. And, and even then, people will get mad about drafting pass rush. You know, right? So they're definitely not going to become the Denver Broncos trotting out Connor Barwin there, eighty percent of the. No, yeah, especially if he's moving to DN, which I I thought for sure, and maybe it still happens. I, I I swear Connor would be either traded or cut at this point. It just made sense. But again, and I they're not going to cut him. Yeah, no we, way. We talked about this last episode, and I'm, I want to get your thoughts on this too because. We we kind of went back and forth on Twitter here, BLG. But um, not that I, not that I'm saying like Doug Peterson needs a pass or how he needs a pass or whatever. If they end up doing really bad this year, but it, it just seems like <laughs> Howie Roseman needs a pass. That's great. <laughs> well, no, I'm, you know, he, which I think they will this year's this year's kind of a nobody knows what's going to happen. But with with the guys that they've you know kept on with with Selleck and with everybody else there, and you have. Jason Peters, who looks like he's not going to get cut. Connor Barwin looks like he's not going to get cut. So are they really saying that talent wasn't the issue and it was the coach and we can win with this squad? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a I think that was one of the biggest misconceptions. And I think Dan Klausner wrote a great article about that after the season ended, just about how uh, you know, we for all the talk there was about how that's a, that was just a huge talking point this season. Oh, Chip Kelly would be better so much as a coach if he just wasn't the GM. Like that's not true at all. I mean, <laughs> the team's offense had declined since 2013. There was ample evidence, I think, to suggest that you know he's not the best coach. We saw how the de- the, the offense's lack of success for like the second year in a row, really bad, had a, a huge impact on the defense declining. I mean, that was an issue. And now you look at this team going forward and it is weird John because you look at all these veteran players returning like Peters supposedly and resigning Brent Selleck and things like that and it's weird because you look at the identity of this team and I don't really know the identity of this team right now are they trying to win now I guess you know we heard Doug Peterson say that but at the same time I mean this isn't a deal where like even if they are bringing in a rookie quarterback at 13 and they want to let's just assume that and they're building around that guy right away. I mean, you don't just surround him with a bunch of young players. He's going to have nothing to work with and that's terrible for his growth and his development. So I I really don't know. I think that's a, that's a good question. Like what is the identity of this team right now? I don't know. Yeah. And uh, Matt, I know we were kind of going back and forth here. You think I'm, you think asking and saying like, well, they should be able to compete for the division. They should be able to win more than seven games 
Is that is that too much of an expectation? Uh, no, I think when you put it that way, I don't think I don't think that's a ton to ask for this team. You know, uh, like yeah, I, and I I still think that this is probably a pretty good team. I think in the end, like if you could just keep the offense from being a total disaster, and I and I believe in you, Doug, that you can keep it from not being a disaster. I think that like this team could really compete. I mean, this team this team is really could really for easily uh, for the division, sure. Especially if you're talking about another eight game winner or nine game winner, or, you know. Or I guess I guess Washington really won ten games, but I don't know something happened there. But anyway, like I think that you could really like. The team could really hang in this awful division. I have no idea, like what kind of merit that really is. I will say that I, it doesn't really seem like Howie is very comfortable in the role he has. You know, it does not really sound to me like he like has the keys to the car. I mean, he's made a couple of comments, like specifically, uh, there was actually I guess he didn't say this, but but they've talked about like how Howie isn't really in charge. It's Jeff's show, uh, I'm, and I'm sure Jeff doesn't like that. Uh, I think that it was sort of a sobering moment there when Jeff announced that Doug was the new coach, and and uh, Jeff just got a ton of questions about Howie and like why is Howie here and like what the hell's up with Howie. It really seems to me like Jeff was sort of hesitant to turn over his entire uh, you know brain trust, as it were, in one off season. But I would be very, very surprised if barring, you know, barring some sort of like home run type draft and offseason and then season if Howie is still still hanging around next year, uh, because it just does not really seem like he is the guy, despite the fact that he uh, keeps positioning himself that way. Yeah, I can see that, too. And just that it kind of explains some of the the front office structure and how it's going on right now, at least is trying to get another guy in there. I think that makes sense, and I think with the guys that he is, I, I forget who is who is typing. It might have been that Garofalo piece there, BLG, but I think he was saying Howie at some point was going through reaching out to uh, the soccer clubs and uh, everybody plays a different sport to get an idea. And I just thought to myself, I was like, uh, uh, not not to knock it down because I think if you're going to get ideas from there, you want something fresh. I think that's an okay thing to do. I just thought it was an odd choice to make at that point in his career of just like, oh no, I. I know what I'm doing here. Like I can just, you know, do my thing. Did you think that was kind of weird at all? And and more or less from what Matt was saying that, yeah, maybe he isn't that in control here. I think, you know, you have a guy who isn't even a football guy and Howie Roseman (laughs) go into soccer guys and basketball guys. The original football. Um, Yeah. 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 No, um, whatever. I mean, I don't have a, uh, I, I mean, I guess it was weird. It was a very weird situation with Howie last year. I mean, he was essentially fired. Like people get mad when I say that for some reason because they kept him in the building. But like they moved his office. He's pretty much entirely out of personnel, which was like his lifelong dream. Like remember all the interviews, like when he became GM and everything, talking about like, oh, you know, Howie Roseman is this young upcoming guy whose whose lifelong dream has been to be in personnel. And they told a story about like how yeah. like he was rejected by the Eagles so much, and he was just so persistent. I and dream that's of how he dreams got of days gone by. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then and then he gets removed, and then it's like, well, I mean, like that's what he wanted to do. So he clearly he's not happy, and he's and he, even just like watching him speak at the combine last week, the first thing he said, did you guys see that when he got off the podium? Oh, he's like, feels nice or something. Yeah, like or that, he's right? like, wow, I missed this. Oh, and yeah, part yeah. of that was a joke about being in front of the media, but part of that was like he really did miss <laughs> like <laughs> like being involved in everything and being the guy. And 
it's a weird it's a good point that matt brings up because like i think that fits kind of fits with what i'm wondering about is like what is the identity of this team right now i don't think there's a clear one i think they're a team in transition i don't really know what they're transitioning to and and who might be in charge in the future but it's, it's just it's i think like the timelines are all lining up so awkwardly because the team needs arguably you know to draft a quarterback but you know that might not be the best time to do that this year they also need a gm but they're not going to have one until after or, well a new personnel guy I should say not really the, yeah. the true gm but that's not going to happen until after the draft but they just hired a new head coach now and howie roseman picked that guy so you would think that howie roseman is going to have a lot of power moving forward because he picked the coach so it's there's like just a bunch of moving pieces and I don't really know how it all lines up. It just seems like kind of messy for me, to me, from an outside looking in. Well, it, it, it just kind I of... Think so, sorry, John, but I, I think that um, as far as this uh, this personnel guy, because I haven't really gotten to chime in on this at all, it seems to me like it's pretty clear that they picked someone out and that guy could not get permission from his team to leave. That seems like very clear, or I guess even more that he, he, he refused Maybe. to leave his team until after the draft, which that says to that me that they've sense. identified someone and that they, that they liked him well enough that they're willing to wait until after the draft. And I actually think to that point that this draft is going to be the most guys I've heard of ever draft possibly ever, you know, that this as is going to be, select? yeah, that this, yeah, this draft is going to be very, 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 very by the book. Uh, I have no idea if that's good. It doesn't sound that good to me, but like this will at least get an A from Walter football. And, you know, like I, th- <laughs> I seriously think that like that's the sort of thing that like it's going to happen here. And and I think it's because they've identified someone and they like it. You know, they have found a guy who um, they think could be the guy to head the ship. And then when Howie gets unloaded and heads off towards um, to, you know, to go help out the union with their equipment problems. Um, that this will be the guy that sort of takes over the heir apparent, as it were. Um, and, I, and I imagine that Howie's probably not that happy about it, but, uh, you know, this is just the way that it, the way that it's going to go. Um, but I do think that, like, all of everything they've done really indicates to me that they've picked out a guy and that they couldn't get him in, but they liked him well enough that they're willing to wait. Yeah, I think that's, I, th- I think that's right, uh, more or less. And it kind of goes and ties just with everything else that I, I still think, I still think Howie's going to be a part of this thing. And you've heard Phil Savage to everybody just saying, like, he's so good at this side of it. And the personnel side, he's completely, I mean, they, they don't come out and say it, but he's completely lost. So I do think that is, if you have that combination of strength there, it, it, that, that would kind of be better. And this is kind of what we were talking about just before we came on is because of the way that Kelly identified guys like Eric Rowe and identified guys like, who Jordan Hicks. And and you go back and you look at their spark scores, which is they're basically, you know, how, how good of an athlete are they? And Eric Rowe is the, the number one guy that was on there. Uh, Hicks, I think, was sixth uh, last year. And it just kind of – I'm curious, just back to you, Matt, do you think that they're going to get away from that? Or do you think they're going to kind of more stick with it? And that's one of the things that, that was somewhat concerning because it's not the be-all, end-all, but – uh, I know Ben always says if you if they're great athletes, go get them, go get them, and they will more more or less figure it out. It's better better than having the the, the lesser of the athlete to select. Do you think they kind of go away from that this year? What are your thoughts on that? Boy, I have no idea. I personally, I think that the spark thing seemed to work out. It seemed to be a good combination of guys who play, you know, well, well, you know. I would say maybe above their ability, but that's not really true. It's more like guys who are able to play to their ability. 
but it also seems like it's a good sort of chance to try to land some uh, some lottery tickets. Uh, and I, you know, I wouldn't swear to this, but I would imagine that guys like Jason Kelsey uh, also placed very well on on these sorts of tests. And I, I just think that just going out there and identifying these uncommon athletes and then having a little bit of faith in your coaching staff, I think that that's um, I think that's going to be sort of. I would hope that this that seems like a good way to build a team to me, and I would hope that the Eagles do it. I, you know, and I know all the answers, so <laughs> it would be really it would be really nice if they just listened to me. Yes. Um, Actually, back to your identity point, I wanted to put that out there. I think this identity of this team is going to be, there's going to be a lot of coaches who are very publicly facing. So I'm going to call this team this team of super, super friends. friends. Okay. No, I like that. I like that idea. And and uh, there is, uh, you know, I mean, we've speaking of of that, and it looks like that, obviously, we don't know the, the spark score for one Paxton Lynch, but uh, Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. Uh, was had written a couple of articles and he, you know, the press conference at the combine this weekend was a little interesting here, BLG, because normally a guy that's of his elk, and I'm sure that his agent, who we found out is Lee Steinberg, who's been in the business for 41 years, another one of those major players uh, that is out there, to be on the podium and to say, yeah, I'd sit and wait. I think that'd be good for me if I just sat and wait for a year when you're trying to get selected in the first round and get a little bigger uh, of a contract. What'd you make of that? Uh, I think you'd have to cut him right away. No confidence. Uh, <laughs> it is weird. Where's the swag? Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he mentioned about how he didn't really even pass in high school because they ran like some kind of weird, like outdated offense and, and things like that. Uh, it, it is a weird comment coming from quarterback like that. You always hear these players saying, I, I feel like I'm the best player in the whole draft. So I really don't know what to make of that. I, I think uh, the Eagles obviously do have some interest in Paxton Lynch. He's only been connected to them in every single mock draft that there is. But they also, not that that matters, but they met with him, I think, this week. Uh, I think his agent even confirmed that, which is, that's also weird. Because agent, I think, put out all the teams he met with on Twitter. That just seems, like, bizarre. <laughs> you don't see too many agents doing that. No, uh, the whole, I didn't, the whole I didn't past, know that either. They did officially meet yeah. with the Eagles? It sounds like it. I mean, okay. based on... The, the tweet that I saw looked like it was kind of worded. Strangely, oh, was that the one with no t- with no spaces? Because he ran. Out of yeah, characters. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I but that. I think uh, Elliot Shore Parks also reported that they were going to meet this week, so it's out there. And uh, who knows? He might be. I don't know. I don't want to talk about Paxton Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's Paxton lynched out. I know. So it's. Uh, I don't know, Matt. Any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I guess. I mean, the thing is. Uh, you know, yeah. So his agent is like a, it's like a big hitter, and his agent told him what to say. So his agent's clearly hearing like, yeah, no, you know, you're headed to uh, God knows where, you know, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere that already has a guy, a guy that they maybe don't love, like, um, like Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but like somewhere to sit. You know, you're going to sit. Your your destination is on the bench. Which, by the way, that sounds great. I'd love to sit. But um, I think that yeah, when you're when you're talking about this type of guy um, getting like a guy with a, with a big time agent. He's getting this advice. You know, he's being told what to say. He's being told to say the right things because, you know, maybe he's headed for, uh, you know, somewhere in the 20s or maybe even somewhere at the top of the following round or, you know, who knows? Maybe he could sit behind and learn from the great Case Keenum or somebody <laughs> of that ilk. But, I, you know, I, I <laughs> ugh, God bless him. Paxton so, to the Rams makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big doofy white guys. I yeah. love them there. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I think that uh, that to me says like, yeah, this is not like a, 
a top end of round one type guy, at least not in the eyes of his own agent. You know, I, I guess that's a little surprising, but, you know, a rare moment of honesty, maybe. Yeah, it was like it was anti uh, Mackenzie Alexander. I don't know if everybody caught that interview, but here's this real quick. We can break down film. We can break down anything. I'm here prepared. And I'm telling you, I'm the best corner in this draft class. I mean, this is me. This uh, this is me. Imagine me on game day. <laughs> I get the MO that I talk a lot of trash. I don't really talk trash. I speak facts. You know, I just tell you what it is and what you're not going to do. And. And if you get one, good. I gave you that. You didn't beat me. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. Did you ever take a breath? <laughs> I just did. Thank you. Yeah, cornerback uh, uh, from Clemson. Just, I mean, everybody knew his name by the end of the combine, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird. It's just, uh, I, it's yeah. But, but this is what I'll say. Don't rage. You know just what I'm thinking. Because he sucks and stop drafting quarterbacks in this fucking draft. Stop drafting I love quarterbacks that song. in the uh, first. Yeah. That was that was always a favorite of mine. Don't reach. Uh but I don't know. It just it just kind of that confirmed to me well, either two things. One, they want a specific place for him to go. So maybe if somebody like Philadelphia was considering drafting him in thirteen, maybe they wouldn't to kind of get where he wants to be. But down the board they already have quarterbacks anyway, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting how the, how that worked out. I will say this. Uh, so it sounds like the Eagles did meet with Paxton Lynch. Also met with uh, Deontay Carew from Rutgers, who I thought had uh, turned in a pretty good camp uh, as well. Also, Josh Doxson, as uh, Teron Davenport had reported that one as well, highly, highly interested, I was told, by a couple other people too. Like they were really on his radar and for a good reason. This is why I brought up the spark score. He's in the 93rd percentile. So you put that with his freaking vertical. I know his age and the the maxing out. He's only at 202 for a 6'2 frame, which is a little skinny, but I don't care, man. I mean, I think that's the guy that impressed me the most here, Matt. Did anybody else kind of stick out for you uh, this weekend? Uh, I thought that the pass rushers turned in some pretty good um some pretty good numbers. I was really impressed with, uh, and I mean these these guys might be out of uh, out of our out of our range, but like guys like somebody like Shaq Lawson, you know, yes. that would seem like somebody yes. that could really really stick here. Um, and I think another guy like a guy like um, like Charles Tapper or even Emmanuel yes. Ogba, um, and these are these are guys who came out and and uh, you know Ogba had a lot of questions about his his athleticism, but but Tapper definitely seems like somebody that that could interest the Eagles just because you know he's got that sort of size speed kind of thing that. Um, that uh, uh, Jim Short seems to like, and we don't really have like a size speed type guy. You know, we have Barwin, but he's like uh, he's like just more like a big Gumby idiot. And Brandon Graham is more of a speed to power kind of guy. Brandon Graham is a special player in his own. I don't know if you guys saw that video of him lifting like a lot of weight. But, 900 uh, pounds. Yeah, yeah. Th- that seems to me like we want the guy on our team who lifts a lot of weight as opposed to not. But anyway, um, I think that like we talk about some of these edge rushers. I think a lot of these edge rushers really sort of left me feeling good about the chances that the Eagles could grab one of them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think this is, especially with the, it's funny too, because I, I finally went back and watched a bunch of Charles Tapper stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I thought he was kind of more of this run balance type of thing. And then I checked some old tape back uh, when he got it was some play. I can't remember. If we, I think it was in a bowl game. Amari Cooper was breaking down for a touchdown. And then he caught up to him and tackled him. 
and then they put him in a frog stance for the last for the rest of the game. So you never even really got to see like how much of a pass his pass rushing ability. Uh, I always thought he was more of a balanced guy, but yeah, I mean this kind of confirmed everything in, in the pass rushers that you had set even like Noah Spence I think tur- turned in another one Sheldon Rankins the, my guy that I'm quickly continuing to fall in love with turned in a good camp too so again it just kind of goes back to like yeah this is a very defensive heavy draft and uh you know if you have a guy like Jim Schwartz and you have all these guys that are really really nasty I, I think that's where you need to look first before you look anywhere else yes there are there's a thousand different needs that the Eagles need uh, but you know, you got to come away with an interior defensive lineman and an edge rusher somehow, either one, uh, in this draft. I tell you what, we'll close this up with, uh, we asked for your questions on the twitter.com and we'll get to some of them. So, uh, let's start with our good friend, Colin. Why hasn't Matt been on recently? Matt, you want to explain to the people, uh, why you haven't been here? Well, guys, it's actually a pretty sad story. Um, I've been busy. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, Matt's definitely going to be uh, on here a lot more now that we have our schedules all worked out. And BLG at pick 13, is there a uh, player that hasn't been talked about enough that is in that range for you? Well, we already touched on Elliot, so yeah, I don't okay. know if I want to bring that up again because people are going to yell at me. <laughs> um, I don't know. We, we, we've seen Lynch a lot. We've seen offensive linemen a lot. Maybe, like you said, a defensive lineman makes sense because you look at this defensive line and obviously they have a lot of youth and talent there. But the depth, as we love to talk about depth, I mean, they seriously do need some more depth, though, because, you know, like Cedric Thornton, I don't really know if he's going to be back. Uh, Taylor Hart, Brandon Bear, not the best fits probably for the 4-3. So they are going to need possibly some depth at the position. Uh, this is from Brian. Please explain for everyone else that a second round pick is the most important thing of all. And it is. It's so uh, it, well. It's funny too because there's. A, a, I think a lot of the discussions on Twitter is like, "Oh, where do you think this guy's go?" I think he's like a second or third round guy. Oh, so the Eagles can't draft him because they don't have a second round pick. Look, if there's anybody in the second round, they they can definitely draft him. Uh, whether it's both thirds, a third and a fourth, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, seventh, like whatever, whatever they want to do, there's ways to get inside of it. Uh, and BLG, this is where I get really frustrated because I. I constantly comes up all the time is like yeah you really ch- should trade back you really should trade back you, you you if they if they trade back in the first round i'm gonna flip out there's no there's there's no explanation unless it's like whatever they're giving you seven second round picks to be in that number 13 spot or whatever it is and there's no reason to do that with the amount of talent that is there it doesn't matter if you have to wait until the third round because that player is going to be better than two okay players that you're drafting at 20 and 60 and wherever else uh doesn't yeah, make- you know if you look at if you look at the tra- the trade value chart just really quick I-, I would encourage everyone to go and check this out because the second round if you picked up a second round pick that would involve us dropping from 13 to like 25 yeah that would probably involve would be about what it takes to get like a middle of the second round type pick and does that sound worth it to me like no uh, that's my answer <laughs> so that's what i mean bilg doesn't it make more sense for the, I mean, if any round right now, let's just remove the second round pick. It makes more sense to me that they would might trade back in the third uh, anywhere else in this draft. That's probably where I would go. But the, the, what people need to focus on is like you definitely got to find a way to get back into the second round from the third round with those picks. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably the better approach. I don't think, you know, we talk about these draft scenarios. And to me, I just hate them because I hate fun and everything. No, but uh, <laughs> I, I just think they're silly because like, we, it really just totally depends on how the board shakes out. I know that's not fun to say, but like 
if there's true. true. But yeah, but I mean, like if there's no one there you love at 13th, then yeah, trade back. But maybe like you only have to trade back a couple picks like to 15. Maybe that's not going to get you a second round pick back, but maybe there's good value there. You know, maybe you're just not crazy about anyone at 13. Trade back a few spots, pick up another third or fourth or whatever, and then maybe use that. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah, your third round picks to, to yeah. move up or something. Like I mean, I, I'm I still okay with the that. Exception. Yeah, if there if yeah. if you can guarantee yourself that you're not going to lose the guy that you really want, fine. Oh yeah, if you want to trade back two spots and then draft Doxon, okay, that's fine. You know, if he's still going to be there. Uh, this coming from Uncle Juice uh, at it's Jimmy Football with one L. Does small school quarterback Tyler Crisps, uh, Mr. Daring, have the athleticism to play H-back? Absolutely. Smart, smart player. Gritty, gutsy from up in butter country at UW Oshkosh. Love him. Yeah, no, I, agree. I think uh, I totally disagree with that. You do? I think I, I think that'd be a, I think he'd be a pretty good spot. No, I, I, I want him throwing the football. So I, I think he's still a, a great priority UDFA, but. What, you don't think he can play H-back? I think he can play H-back. He's got the frame for it. He doesn't have heart. He doesn't have enough heart. <laughs> uh, of course, our good friend Kiliko. Uh, do uh, any of us listen to Lou Bega? I think that's a resounding yes all around for all three of us. And uh, last question from not my real emails. Should we be concerned about the third linebacker after Hicks and Kendricks uh, attacking D-line needs linebackers? Uh, BLG? Uh, linebacker is kind of shaky because I really don't know exactly where anyone's going to line up except, I guess, out of Hicks at the inside. I mean, I guess we're all guessing. Kiko and and Kendricks will – obviously, Kendricks is going to be on the roster still because they just gave him a contract. But Kiko, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. He's going to be a free agent after the season. I guess they're going to give him another chance. But he was, you know, between him and Kendricks just being really, <laughs> really not great last year. I mean, it's kind of – it's weird because you're just hoping those guys are young and they'll bounce back, but like it's really not the most proven situation. And then obviously cutting D'Amico Ryan's is opens up playing time for guys too. And you brought Najee back, so it's kind of a weird situation there too. I don't I don't know how that's going to play out. Do you have any feelings on that, Matt? Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be Najee. I, the one thing I will say is that like, look, this finding. Well, first of all, I don't really think that Kendricks and probably possibly not Kiko. Uh, are, their strengths are really like keeping their run fits in, in check. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of with you there. I don't really feel great about it, but I do think that like finding guys who can keep their, you know, can fit the run and can, can play the run. Those, those t- thumper types, those guys are, there's a lot of those guys out there. You know, that's not like really something I'm too worried about. And I even think that Najee could probably do that if, if just the bottom drops out of these other guys, I think we'll be okay. I, I think it would be nice to try to toss a little bit of money. Maybe at somebody who's coming out there. I mean, everybody was talking about Steven Tullock a while back and I think he's on the wrong side of 30 now, but you know, somebody like that, that could be, that could be a possible match. You know, he's got the Jim Schwartz connection, but um, <laughs> I think, I mean, really though, he's, he's been with him on two different teams now, but I think that, um, you know, I'm, I guess, I guess I, I'm sort of worried about it, but it's just, you know, not really. I'm not that worried about the defense, to be honest. Like, give me some, give me some offense. Let's make it a little bit less like awful. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and I will just, uh, I'll, I'll leave us with this before our final thoughts here. The one thing we haven't brought up from the combine, uh, and this is uh, a big thank you to our sponsor at uh, Clip It. It's at Clip It TV. That's C L I P P I T. Uh, they're again the hottest app that's out there, and caught one of the funniest moments. Probably the combine, and I feel bad for Chris Jones, but uh, uh, Chris Jones from Mississippi State, defensive lineman, uh, was doing his 40-yard dash on his first attempt, 
And uh, I, I don't know if anybody else caught it, but I, what am I talking about? Everybody, everybody caught this thing. Uh, he was running, and everybody thought he dove at the end just to uh, just because he was running so hard. But actually, his balls popped out. So and <laughs> and I, I saw and thanks to the clipping app, I mean, there's was 194,000 people ended up watching it just on that alone, and that's kind of the great thing about that app is kind of you can get those ridiculous moments that you see on TV, but. I, I now now that that has happened, I almost feel I feel terrible for the guy to be like, "Hey, there's your nuts." If any of you uh, BLG, have you ever been in an interview and your balls or penis are hanging out just by any random chance? Uh, no. Matt, your balls or your penis been hanging out when you've been doing an interview for a job? I just can't imagine running so hard my balls came out. <laughs> no, like, I just can't imagine there? being. I just just like you know I could imagine running like hard or fast or whatever. I just can't imagine running so hard that I would just be like. <laughs> Uh oh! Like here it goes because he he had to know it was happening, right? There's no way he couldn't know. Like what's going through his head, man? Like what's he what's he thinking? Like oh no! Like they're about they're about sixty percent there, and I'm only fifty percent through this run. Like you know, he's got to know. He's got to be doing that math in his head. You know, I'd love to get like a zoom in on his face as he like realizes that the end is just too far away and that he's not going to make it. Yeah, maybe we should kind of slow that down. But it's just like. That's what I'm saying. It's he definitely recognized it because you're like, what is this breeze on my nut? My nuts are out, and he like immediately covers his. He takes his hand, he covers his nuts, and they just like lays down. And then just there's that weird camera shot where it's just they. It's still on him. They did the replay, and this is like, let's see what's happening here. Oh, that's dick and balls. Oh, okay, that's what's happening there. And you by could, the way, they should totally let him run it again. I'm sorry, like that's just they should they should just do that. Yeah. And you could hear, and I don't know. It was. It's funny. I don't know if it was uh, Mike Mayock reacting reacting to it uh, in general, or if it was just perfect timing. But like, as soon as you see it in slow mo, Mike Mayock just goes, "Wow, that slide is now illegal in Major League Baseball." By the way, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I, I feel I feel bad for him. Uh, but he, uh, regardless of his balls hanging out, he still turned into a pretty good camp. So. Uh, I think uh, we'll just leave it on the dick and ball talk here, fellas. But uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to episode number 149 of BGN Radio. For myself, John Barcher, for Mr. Brandon Lee Gout, and, of course, Matt Daring. We will uh, catch you Thursday with Teron Davenport, Ben Tan, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.